0: So I think good food is not exclusive to fine dining restaurants. Good food can be across all segments of the industry.
1: Welcome to our food journey, a podcast by Hormel Foods. In each episode we'll feature conversations with people who are making a difference in how we create and think about food. We're going to talk to a lot of different people, from Midwestern farmers to food entrepreneurs, and from master chefs to parents preparing dinner for their families. What we're hoping to get across in this series of conversations is that we're all players in an interconnected food system, and we all deserve a place at the table. I'm Ethan Waters. I'm a journalist who writes about identity and culture, and I'm excited to help curate these discussions. I'm learning more and more about the critical place food has within our culture, and how our changing tastes and preferences can tell a lot about our past, present, and future. In these times of globalization and concerns over sustainability of our natural resources, food becomes an ever more important topic. In this introductory episode of Our Food Journey, I wanted to introduce you to someone who's going to be leading many of these conversations. Ron DeSantis is a certified master chef. As you hear, Ron has worked in fine restaurants, cooked for presidents, and been a teacher at one of America's top culinary academies. But that's only part of what makes him special. Ron could have stayed in the world of high cuisine, but instead... He's used his expertise in places not normally associated with great food. He's been a chef for Marines. He's consulted with airlines so that you can get better meals in flight. He's been the director of culinary excellence at a major university where he oversaw the creation of 14,000 meals every day. He's devoted to the idea that great food should be available to all. And that is the idea that gets to the heart of what these podcasts are all about. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Chef Ron DeSantis. Ron, thanks for joining
0: me. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: So, why are we doing this? Why are we talking about food now? And what are we what are we hoping to get out of this?
0: This is an opportunity for us to um, really to do a to do a variety of things. Um, one is to keep the food conversation going. It's to help. Uh, us archive the the what's happening. At this period of time, and it gives us a chance to to learn about Hormel and what a great company uh, Hormel is, and that big food is not bad food. Um, that there are great people behind the scene. That there are great foods coming uh, from such a uh, such a large company, but also their uh, focus on quality and employees is one of their hallmarks.
1: It occurs to me that cooking and food is so important as a communication and culture, and it takes us over time. And this particular moment in history seems to be really vibrant with innovation and people from different areas, uh, you know, coming in, you know, tech coming in and influencing cooking, certainly uh, innovation in agriculture. You look all around you and you see, like, remarkable movement at this moment in history.
0: It is. It's a. It's a very fun time to be in the food business, and it's a very exciting time. to It's always been an exciting time to be in a food business, but now more so because um, you know through the advent of of uh, food programs on television, uh, which seems so archaic and quaint uh, these days, to all the ways that we can access things that interest us about food, um, it's just just blown everything wide open. People. Are are open to things people are looking for things people are really interested in in having that food exploration that food journey
1: so you're going to be our guide a little bit on this food journey in many of these episodes um we need to know a little bit more about you your background and uh some turning points in your life could you could you give us a brief history
0: sure sure uh my um when you get older, you have the luxury of being able to look back and realize certain things, it's like, well you know, how come I, how come I get food? Well, back then I was lucky to grow up in a family that only thing we ate was, was fresh food because that's what my Italian grandparents knew. And that's what my father and my mother, uh, my mother's an immigrant also, and that's what they knew. Uh, and so you grew up with those things. So you, you, I get involved. I, I realize realized that now that that was kind of that foundation. And, um, I joined the service and, uh, They trained me to be a cook um, had a great time and an unbelievable experience doing that. Um, from there, uh, when I, when I was discharged, I went to the Culinary Institute of America, um, and got, got very serious about the profession and the craft. Um, from there, I took a job in Europe and lived there and worked there for five years, honing the craft, understanding different culture, understanding foods, things of that nature, and came back to, United States and, and uh, really wanted to share that with others and, and was fortunate to get a, a great career at the Culinary Institute of America. Um, and that, that gave lots of opportunities to do things because that's the kind of place where you always got to see new things. You got to new, see different foods. You got to experience uh, things, uh, set trends. Those are the kinds of things that that Helped me to realize that you know it was great to know the craft, but at the same time um, you had to you had to embrace the rest of the food world um, as well. You had to be uh, you had to be inquisitive and you had to be open minded and broad thinking about not just the food but the cultures that were behind them. So those those are things that really got me to this point, and and I'm extremely fortunate to have had that um, experience. And then from there, just to, to wrap. This up, um, I had a chance to um, change directions, and uh, and I wanted to move uh, into operations, and that's where I was director of culinary excellence um, for all food operations at Yale University, and that's fourteen thousand meals a day at very very high quality restaurant quality, um, and that was a whole another uh, set of learning plus being able to put things that I had. Uh, learned and taught into practice on a daily basis.
1: One of the things I like about your bio is it includes uh, culinary experiences that you wouldn't put at the top of the list and sort of high end. So soldiers, students, people on airplanes. Like these are three places where you'd say the food is going to be bad. And you have this belief about food and technology these days that seems to suggest that it doesn't, like those places can be Raised up.
0: They, they can be, and there's no reason that they shouldn't be. Uh, to me, I, I helped an entrepreneur launch a, a, a group of sandwich shops. Sandwich shops, same idea. How can we make this a great sandwich? And that's what we focused on, and we were able to achieve that. Um, working in in-flight catering, how can we make really good food at 30, 33,000 feet? So it's a matter of of choosing ingredients, and choosing techniques, and choosing you know smart menu items that can handle that kind um, that kind of rethermalization system. So yeah, so you can have great food in different places. You know, it's it's a matter of putting your mind to it and thinking about what do I need to do, and uh, and what my resources and make that happen. So I think good food it is not exclusive to fine dining restaurants. Good food can be across all segments of the industry.
1: In all segments of the socioeconomic spectrum, there should True. be. True.
0: Yeah. If, if you really look at it, you know, for the most part, you go to a supermarket, food's kind of affordable. I mean, we're, you know, it's 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 still, it, you know, depending on what you want to buy and where you go shopping, you, you can get good quality food for a very reasonable price. And that's the kind of thing that that you want to be able to find in prepared food is good really really good quality but at the same time it's got to be affordable that it's not a splurge once in a while I'll go there it's something that I can go there often and know that I'm going to have a have um great tasting food and food you know if it's great tasting generally you know is is nourishing as well
1: um so you you have a you have uh years of experience in the culinary education world I'm curious looking back When you began working with the CIA, first as a student and then as a professor, what changes in the idea of what people do at culinary school have happened over that time? Have have there been new trends? Has it become less specific about being that chef in that fine restaurant?
0: the students coming in now they they are aware that there are other opportunities and that's a good thing I'm really happy that that they realize it you don't have to be a restaurant chef um, because we need we need people in research we need uh, uh, culinary um, in in manufacturing we need culinary in the hotels and the um, what are these other guys inflacating, all of these things you know there's so so many um, options um, that are out there there. So they're coming in with understanding. There are more options. That's one thing that they're coming in. The thing is that I experience over the years uh, of teaching is that it, it feels like the students coming in now are more inquisitive. I love it. I think that is the best thing that can ha- happen to education. I don't care what educate what area of education is, because if if young people are coming in more inquisitive, that that means that that professor has to always be looking um, at what's coming up, has to always be learning new things. Um, because this thing you, you learn today in 20 years, you can't keep saying the same thing in 20 years. You, you have to understand what's evolving and, and, and what's going on. Now, that said, how you simmer a stock... Well, that didn't change in 20 years. probably didn't change in, you know, as long as they've been recording this stuff, which is okay. And, and there are some fundamentals and some foundations. Maybe in music it's the same way. Maybe in certain things, you know, there are certain things that it always happens, the, you know, pretty much the same way. But beyond that, now what do you do with a stock? okay and you know we used to do certain things in uh in in classical and and french cooking um today stocks are looked at a little bit differently you know stocks are are because you start looking at ramen and you look at pho and you look at those kinds of uh, broth bowls and bone broths and suddenly stocks have become this foundation of so many different things and it's not just turned into a sauce or a simple soup they're very very complex so you know and if if, if you're the if you're the culinary instructor, the professor, and you're if you're not realizing or staying with this and going out eating these and trying these, that's not good. And the students, I think, really help. To push that along, and that's that's in some ways helping the professors there to, in culinary arts to continue to be innovative and find out what they uh, what they don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest changes is the is how inquisitive they are. They're they're real comfortable asking why five times, but it's not always the, it's not asking why five times about the same things. When you get through that, it's like, okay, I get that. Why this now, and why this now, and I, think it's fantastic.
1: So as I mentioned, Chef will be back with us on future podcasts, talking with many tastemakers and influencers in the food world. Please join us again on Our Food Journey, a podcast by Hormel Foods. For more information on Hormel Foods and our engagement with our customers and partners, please visit HormelFoods.com.